guys. Happy 4th of July weekend. We're so glad that you joined us for our online service today. Just wanted to give you a little update about what to expect. First, you're going to hear a song that we purposely picked for today that we would love for you to just listen to and reflect on. And then you're going to hear our next message in the series we've been in already, which is on the Ten Commandments. We're just going to pray and get started with our service. Lord, thank you so much for today. I ask that you would help us to have an open heart and that we would be able to focus and hear what you have for us today. I ask that this weekend, as we hang out with friends and um, just celebrate the 4th of July, that you would keep us all safe um, the week ahead, that you would also keep us safe until we see each other again. Thanks for all you do. In your name we pray. Amen.
praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like Praise you, praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what Good morning, everybody. Hi, don't you just love summer? Don't you just love the, the feeling of having the freedom to do whatever you want? I, I think back to my days of summer break. If something nostalgic happened, as soon as that final bell rang in the school year, summer came and it meant that parents were working all day. We had a lot of freedom. You could be skating, maybe surfing for some of you, playing sports, just hanging out without schedules, without much going on, uh, just enjoying the freedom of what summer brings. In fact, when I uh, had my own kids and now that my kids are older and in school, uh, it brings me back that feeling of summer and, and what it means. I keep feeling it, it brings me back to my childhood of, of just that complete freedom from everything, lack of responsibility. I loved it. Sometimes I think about that and I think, was it like that at all in the ancient world? Think about the ancient Israelites. Did they ever uh, have that summer feeling, you know, waking up late in the mornings and watching Brady Bunch reruns or something on the TV while their parents were at work all day? What was it like for them? I, sometimes I think, too, in this series we're going through here, the summer, we're going through a series called the Ten Commandments. It actually, today what we're looking at is the Fifth Commandment, which directly addresses kids. It's the only one that seems to be directly for kids. Now, of course, we are all kids of somebody, no matter what age we are, and it has a little bit of that, but it makes me wonder what it was like for them, because the fifth command that we're looking at today from what we call the Ten Commandments says, honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land, your Lord your God, in the land that God has given you. So the command we're looking at today says, honor your father and mother, so that you may live a nice long life. Sometimes I think of that, and was it that the ancient Israelites were like the rebellious youth of the ancient world, the youth gone wild? Why is there a command just for them? Was it maybe that they were stuck to their devices all day or locked in their rooms listening to their music or playing Fortnite? Why did God give them a full command that said, honor your parents, obey your parents? I don't think it has as much to do with obedience in the sense of eat all your vegetables or make sure you clean your room. Though, of course, 
that that's implied that you would have this respect for your family. But I don't think that was really the ancient, uh, the problem in the ancient world. Obedience and respect for your parents in that sense wasn't there. But the key to understanding this verse is found in hearing the whole verse. So he says, honor your father and mother, obey them so that you may live long in the land that God is giving you. That's the key to understanding this. See, what is it that they were instructed to honor or to obey? And it has everything to do with the whole Ten Commandments, this covenant community. See, remember, these commands aren't given so that people can earn God's favor. They're not given so that somehow God would say, okay, now you're good enough for me. But because he rescued them, he invited the whole ancient Israel, nation of Israel, into this relationship and gives them the Ten Commandments to say, this is what life in the kingdom of God looks like. And, and so the one we're looking at today is just like all the others. It's saying that in this kingdom, this is, it's important that we continue to live out the ways of God. And so from one generation to the next, would you honor them, respect your parents, adopt the faith that they're teaching you and training you in. Because remember this, is a covenant that said, if you don't, then God may withdraw his favor in the sense of not that he's no longer, you're no longer his people, but you may experience the consequence of discipline. That was what the ancient world had to deal with. God said, if you don't live my ways and represent my kingdom to the ends of the earth, I will allow you to experience the discipline of my withdrawing my protection from you so that you'll know how serious I am. And we find that that is actually what happened to the nation of Israel. They didn't honor the faith of their parents. They didn't respect the faith that was handed down. They didn't carry on the tradition of living the ways of Yahweh or the creator God. And so God eventually allowed them to be taken into exile. They experienced the consequence of their rebellion. And they didn't live long in the land. Now that's obviously not the same for us today. We're not under this covenant agreement where God says, as long as you uh, represent me well, that you will live long and prosper in the land. But there is something about all of these that, ex that gives us this experience of the full life that's found in Christ. Remember, Jesus, just like in the Ten Commandments, God rescued the Israelites first. Jesus rescues us first. In fact, one author says that while you were still a sinner, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. So before you were worthy, he rescued you and invited you in to his own to be his own so then what's our response we live and walk in the kingdom of God in response to that and there's no threat of us being kicked out of the land but we could experience the discipline of the Lord and, and not experience the full life that he's given to us Paul actually addresses this fifth command in Ephesians chapter 6 he talks about it he quotes it directly he says children Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And it's not saying it's the first commandment. It's saying this commandment is, a, uh, uh, is very important. It's a primary command to th listen to. And it comes with a promise. And the promise was that it would go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Again, Paul's not saying. It's tempting to believe that Paul is saying and that the commandment is saying. If you don't obey your parents, they might kill you. You won't live long. As long as you obey, they'll let you live. And as a parent, there's certainly times when it's tempting to think that way. In fact, I think there was a, 
a comedian who once said to his kids, hey, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. <laughs> it's tempting as a parent to, to use this command in that way. If you want to live long, you'll obey me. But I, again, that's probably not what it's talking about. It's saying to experience the life and the blessings of being a part of the kingdom of God, honor the faith of your family. Honor the faith of your parents that's being passed down. So kids, I want to encourage you. I know it's really important that you own your faith. Make it your own. Adopt it as your own. It's, uh, it's so important. But in doing that and finding the truth for yourself, I encourage you, don't throw out everything that your parents are encouraging you and training you and teaching you up in. True wisdom is learning from others. And if you have a family who's walking with Jesus and encouraging you to walk with Jesus, this command is relating to be a part of that community of faith. See, we live in such an individualistic society. We think it's all just about us. But in the ancient world, they said, no, it's about the community of God. And actually, if all the families of Christians lived the ways of Jesus and we saw it more as a community, we would make a far greater impact in the world. So kids... I encourage you, honor your parents in the ways of the Lord. And notice Paul says, in the Lord. We're talking about faith here. Adopt that. And of course, a part of adopting that is respecting your parents. So kids, before you think, okay, why did I tune in today? This, this is all about us trying to be better and obey our parents. I want to encourage you kids to say, the hard part is actually not yours. It's for you, parents. And this is if your parents have grown kids or toddlers. Maybe you don't even have kids. It's still for you and, and, and your role as a spiritual leader in a community of faith, no matter what age you are. Look at the rest of the verse. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said, Children, obey your parents. But then he goes on and he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. See, what Paul actually says is, Hey kids, we want you to adopt the faith of your family. Walk in the ways of Jesus. Continue in that covenant community. Honor them in that way. Carry on the legacy of faith from one generation to the next. But then he says, fathers, don't provoke your kids to anger. In other words, parents, if you want your kids to follow in your footsteps, to walk the faith, give them a reason to believe. I actually think our, our model of how to parent is given to us by God the Father. See, God is our role model in this parenting thing because He treats us this way as people. Think of this. Here's two things I want you to think of. God's a loving Father. The Bible describes Him as slow to anger. Slow to anger. His loving kindness is everlasting. It doesn't run out. His compassion and His mercies are new every day. That's who our God is. Jesus talked about God the Father in the parable of the, what we call the prodigal son. It's actually, I think, the parable of the loving father. And it shows a rebellious son who takes everything from his father, who lives a life. He's, he finds himself actually metaphorically and literally eating the food of the pigs. When he finally comes to his senses and comes home to his father, he thinks he's going to receive condemnation and, and have to earn his dad's love back but his dad sees him and runs to him and says son I'm so glad you're home see that's the loving father so parents our kids need to know we love them no matter what our kids need to know when they fail that they have a place to come where they're going to find grace and mercy 
Paul writes in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, he says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not the harshness, it's not the judgment, it's the kindness. So parents, let's be, let our patience be long. Let our compassion be never-ending and our love for our kids never-ending. They need to always know that we will love them even in their worst of times. But secondly, we see an example from our loving Father and that's discipline. Now, I'm not talking about bringing someone to the whooping closet, if you had something like that. But really, God disciplines us. And there's this model of discipline in Scripture. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, My son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't lose heart when He rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastens everyone who He accepts as a son. Talking about your family on earth, this author of Hebrews says, Your parents discipline you for a little while while as they thought was best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. See, I think God disciplines us in, the way, in a way that he allows us to experience the consequences of our rebellion, of our actions. That's what he did for the ancient Israelites. He allowed them eventually to say, hey, if you're not going to follow my ways and represent my kingdom, I'm going to allow you to go into exile so you know how serious I am. So sometimes God's discipline isn't some sort of petty discipline, but it's one where he allows us to experience the consequences of our actions. And parents, there's times we have to just allow our kids to experience the consequences of their actions. We can't always rescue them. We can't always protect them from the consequence of their bad decisions. So that's part of that discipline. And you as a family can figure out other ways that you can train and instruct your kids. And as they get older, that's going to look different. How you discipline a three-year-old is much different than how you interact with a 20-year-old. But the bottom line is this. There's times when you have to encourage and instruct our kids. And then you have to allow them to experience the pain of sometimes going astray. Not following in the footsteps of faith or the Lord. That must always be done when we lead first with love, patience, compassion, understanding. With a goal that they will return to the ways of the Lord and represent the kingdom of God with you. So as we end, let me leave you with a couple encouragements. One, kids, make your faith your own. Make your faith in Jesus your own, not your parents. But please learn from your parents Do everything you can to ask, why do we believe? Why are we Christian? And take that as your own. But don't just throw it out just because it's your parents. There's wisdom there. They have a a life of following Jesus that works. I encourage you to walk in those same footsteps, your way. But don't turn your back on Jesus just because it's your parents' faith. In fact, because it's your parents' faith, make it your own. Adopt it. Learn about Jesus. Walk in His ways for yourself. For parents, you're not going to be perfect. But do everything you can to model the ways of the kingdom of God and give your kids a reason to believe. Give them a reason when they think of God and think of what He must be like, that they think, oh, He must be compassionate. He must be loving. He must be gracious. He must want the best for me because that's what I've seen in my parents. It's not easy to be a kid. It's not easy to be a parent. 
but it's so wonderful to live in the kingdom of faith together. And so I want to encourage all of you, even in your failure, be strengthened in the Lord. Be strengthened knowing that He is for you. So as a parent, you feel like a failure. As a kid, you feel like you don't measure up. There's a God who cares, a God who gives you grace, and there's always second chances, third, fourth, fifth chances. There's hope. So the command today is just a reminder for all of us. Continue to live in the family of faith, a legacy that's passed down one from the others. Let's model the ways of Jesus to one another and to our community. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for even the joy of summer, of skating, surfing, playing, waking up late, all the great things that come with childhood, God. And I pray that in that, every student, every kid who's listening, that you'd strengthen them and give them encouragement to walk in the kingdom of God. And every parent listening, would you give us uh, just this freedom to be forgiven for our failures, the freedom to fail as parents, but also give us the strength to model your way as well, to love our kids, to forgive the way they need to be forgiven. So give us that patience, the compassion, the everything that comes from you, Lord. We give this to you in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy your summer. Hopefully some of you are hanging out at the beach with us today. Maybe I'm going to go spend some time in a skate park or something. But let's have a great day. Thanks for being here. See you next week. Well, hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us online this morning. We really hope that you were encouraged by the message that you heard. A couple of things before you click away. Hey, while things are still fresh on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear if there's anything that God taught you or if there's any takeaways that you had from the message this morning. Would you just share those with us in the comment section below? We'd love to check those out. Secondly, if you're looking for some prayer, if you need anything, if you have any questions, comments, if you want to get plugged in, just click our connect card link below in the description and we'd love to get connected with you there. And finally, Seacoast as a church, we exist to help people discover life in Christ. And so much of what we do is made possible through the generosity of people like yourselves. And so would you consider partnering with us and making a financial contribution so that people will continue to learn and to grow in God's grace and discover life in Christ because that's what we're all about. To do so, just simply visit our website at seacos-church.org and click Give Online. Well, that's it for us. We hope that you have an amazing week and we look forward to seeing you here on a Sunday morning sometime soon.